Hello, and welcome to episode number one of Cutting Weight. I'm Shane McNona. Joining me today is my best, one of my best friends and co-host, Mike Stahl. How's it going, Mike? Great, great, Shane. I'm a little bit disappointed that I'm not the best friend. You stuttered there. I'm clearly just one of the best friends at this point. I didn't want to offend anybody else, any other friend. We have a lot of mutual friends. I don't know who... I mean, I would feel... I mean, wouldn't you feel weird if I said, you're my best friend, and then you're like, well, he's not really my best friend. <laughs> Touche. Touche. I don't think any of those friends will be listening to this, but but fair enough. Well, then then nobody's going to listen, because those are the like three people I was hoping would listen at the end of the day. I think at this point, Shane, we'll be lucky if our moms listen. We might not want our moms to listen. Worst case scenario is we alienate them, and they stop loving us, or we embarrass them, or... They're the only ones that listen at all, and they become our biggest fans. That's the best case scenario, and then we have to keep doing this just to please them. That's okay. We have to, if that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do to have a couple beers on a uh, Friday night. We'll do that. So, um, <clears throat> speaking of beers, Mike, what are we uh, what are we drinking today? Uh, What'd you bring us tonight? Um, is from Royal Docks Brewing Company in Canton, Ohio. Uh, beautiful, previously beautiful, but now seriously down on its luck, Canton, Ohio. Do you think the NFL regrets putting the Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio? I mean, it's where football kind of started. Canton Bulldogs back in the day. I, I think they're okay with it. They're, they'd probably rather it be in a bigger city with a little more uh, hotels and nightlife. And I know when they have a little the Hall more of Fame, glitz. they got to bust people in from other places. It's probably not ideal. I just imagine like Lynn Swan having to come back to like Canton, Ohio every, every year, once a year. Or, and they probably think... What, where do they stay? The Holiday Inn Express? Is there a nearby like bed and breakfast that they all go to? They probably uh, it's probably a mixture. I mean, Akron's you know got places, Canton, but I know some of them stay in Cleveland, you know, and they just shuttle bus back and forth. Um, cause, That's uh, probably true. They probably hit some of the nightlife. Not up. a terrible drive. No, anyway, no. Canton, Ohio, home of the National Football League, the National Football Hall of Fame. Uh, brings us this beer today. It's called Dare IPA, and I like it. It's an it's a India Pale Ale, not an American, which seems to be the trend today, right? American Pale Ale. Yeah, that's kind of IPAs were really hot for a long time. Now we're uh, now there's some American. What I like about this ales. is that the ABV is right in the wheelhouse, six point six, not too high. I, I hate that that all the breweries are trying to make beer like Scotch now. Like, just you just put it right. Right in the wheelhouse. I don't need to go to sleep immediately. They're trying to make beer like NyQuil. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want one beer to put me to sleep. It I like to enjoy be. the taste of several beers over a few hours and Absolutely. not be asleep. Yeah, it shouldn't be like the, you know, uh, this IPA is the sniffling, sneezing, how the hell did I wake up on my kitchen floor beer. Right. I do like the trend towards the session IPAs, though, that are in the, you know, four to five percent range. Yeah. But then I also have our, <laughs> and that's why I say like the wheelhouse is six to 6.5 ish because you, what say you buy that, that locale IPA that maybe has the flavor, but not the bite. And then you buy that six pack. And at the end of the day, you're kind of like left with no, no buzz, you know, I don't know about you. I just drink all the beer. Same, I just drink beer for the taste. Mike. All the same regrets. I well, Shane, I drank beer to stop the voices in my head. Well, we, um, we all got our own problems. I like this one specifically. 
uh, from Royal Docks. Dare IPA, nice little can too. Good design, little you know biplane upside down with a stuntman dangling from it. Um, but I was drawn to it by the quote here. Now I'm just going to read this for our listeners and mom. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, far better it is to dare mighty things to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failures than it is to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in that gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. TR. Wow. Cheers. My TR. Friend. Do you know who TR is? Teddy Roosevelt? Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> Damn it. Smart bear. <laughs> Damn it. That was a bear beyond his time. It was. He had to, <laughs> yeah. Is that the one with the little cassette tape you would put in his, his chest? Uh, I think he took several forms. Or to go to his back. You could get like a you could get like a Revolutionary War Teddy Ruxpin. You could get <laughs> Fonzie Teddy Ruxpin. You could get any kind of Teddy Ruxpin. It's just, you know, a timeless bear. But also uh, uh, as you can see here, a very wise one. So hats off to you, Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin, we salute you. <laughs> Who knew, who knew we'd get off the rails this fast? That, that's, you know, that's what I bring to the show. So, yeah, hopefully on the show we're, uh, we're going to introduce everybody to a new beer every episode. We'll uh, try to uh, get through some of our favorites and, and like today, some new ones. We'll uh, kind of take turns bringing those in and seeing, uh, you know, whatever. Who knows? We're, we're going to have a beer, so we might as well tell you about it. Um, so, Mike, why don't you uh, kind of tell everybody what, uh, what kind of our plan is for this podcast, what it's going to be about. Or not about, or we, you know, if you don't know, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> yeah, what it will not be. Um, super interesting to people that don't know us, right? <laughs> I think eventually the goal is that people that don't know us would be entertained by us. Um, also, uh, yeah, that that's our hope. On the high end, yes, we attract some listeners, uh, exclusively regional audience, maybe that um, that that likes to just kind of waste time with us for. 20, 30, 40 minutes a day, however long, uh, whatever, whatever our experience here gives us today. But um, the idea, you know, and I'm just stoked to be doing this here with you because you're so damn giddy about it. It's adorable. I'm just smiling. Yeah, you just, yeah, you're grinning from ear to ear. You went out, bought all the equipment. You recruited some high-class talent, me, to be in it with you. Well, and, I asked uh, like six other people first. To you did? Be well, those honest. are your other best. You're one of <laughs> the best friends. Um, yeah, no. Um, so I'm excited to be a part of it. The idea was we're two jocks way beyond our prime without a whole lot of, you know, expertise and a whole lot of subjects, you know, that are you know, centerpiece items of the day, but the, but what we're here to talk about is what we know about. And that's probably beer. That's probably having a good time. That might be some sports. It's probably, um, maybe some other things that we'll get into, but at the end of the day, this is a podcast about killing time and being former wrestlers. We thought it would be apropos that it be named cutting weight and i'm hoping apropos is a derivative of appropriate because that's what how i'm using it i'm gonna say that was a pretty large word there <laughs> I'm, the, I'm pretty sure it's appropriate that it be named cutting is that weight apropos is short for weight because we're, we're wrestlers who used to cut weight but now we're cutting weight in a different way everyone's cutting weight everyone's wasting time everyone's waiting for 
2020 to be over. Everyone's waiting for, um, you know, the, the wedding that was postponed or the family reunion that's got to wait to the next year or, um, or, or you name it, or that the election, or if you want to, if, if, you know, that that's really, um, bugging you or wrestling season to come back or, you know, the big 10 football to start, which is coming up and, um, so cutting weight, W A I T, cutting weight. So come cut, come cut weight. weight with us. Come come waste your time with us that would otherwise be well spent. So that's the know. that's the tagline. If Bingo. You'll, you'll see it on all our stuff, I'm sure. When we have you know mugs and t-shirts and yeah, tumblers and, that, and those kind of things eventually. My pledge is to talk about things that interest you and I and half-heartedly discuss everything else that people are worried about these days. How much time, ahead of time, do you think we're going to be researching these topics? Almost none. Almost none. We can, I, prom- I, can, I can guarantee you, yeah. almost none. My pledge to the listeners that are out there right now, and again, Mom, thank you, is I will do almost no research in preparation for this show. I will take that vow with you. <laughs> Good. To do no research. Good. I will look up some topics, maybe on occasion. Good. Feel free to do that. I will not. So I, well, yeah, somebody has to, just in case. <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, yeah, you're free to. You're I've free never to do really that. heard you at a loss for words, so I think we're probably safe. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, yeah. From doing that. So um, I think you mentioned to me kind of what our uh, what our jobs were on this podcast. If you were to were to say, I mean, I think first and foremost, I'm I'm in charge of the technical aspect. It sounds like certainly yes, and. Uh, you are more of the uh, creative artist, if you will. Yeah, director of, of creative content. I don't creative think I'm content. comfortable with that title. Cre- that uh, title. I, yeah. I, I think your job is to bring topics that you want to discuss every day, and it's my, it would be my pleasure to derail you um, and chase different rabbits down holes in <laughs> any number of ways to just draw you off topic in, in, in funny ways, I hope. So good luck. Good luck talking about anything. Really. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I'm figuring. I mean, th- that's where the, the humor is going to come in, and that's where the stories are going to come in is when you just start making things up. Is it possible that we were potentially, we're potentially, I'm sorry, I keep rubbing my scruff here, the beard. What's happened to the beard? The beard has really just become, it's not what it used to be, right? I mean, it used to be kind of, either you were like a old man in the woods. Sure. Now it's... You know, something else, right? And it's evolved. It has it's, evolved because what you see now is a a man with a beard who his beard is saying Special Operations Navy Seal U.S. Army Ranger, but his shirt is typically saying Forever Twenty One. Right. It's yeah. a pastel V-neck. That's you know a medium at best. His well, the, shirt looks like he shops at Baby Gap and. You wonder. Well, it's the hipsters. I mean, I think the hipsters hijacked right. the beard, right? From the, I mean, the mountain men can still pull it off because yeah. it's it's a different, it's a less groomed beard, obviously. But the perfectly groomed beard with the, uh, what do you put oils in it? I th- and yeah, things and like that. That's a whole other thing. That's a, you can buy waxes, washes, um, oils, all of those things. You can buy an iron to straighten your beard. Seriously? I don't know. Yeah. Please don't do that. I won't. All right, good. I won't. I can't. How do you prefer your Baker Mayfield? Mustache or beard? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I, th- I think I'm okay with the, the short beard on him. Yeah. I think when he's feeling dangerous, he needs to bust out the, the, the mustache or the Fu Manchu. How sure. about that game last year where he had a beard in pregame, 
And then he went into the locker room and came out with like the mustache. Said he and did. then after the game, he shaved it off. He said he said in the press conference he didn't deserve it. Right. And I appreciate it, man. You you need to earn a mustache. Yeah, you know, my hat is off to the hipsters though because they do put a lot of time and expense into their facial accoutrement. That's another good word. Another one that I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't think. I and appreciate I pray, you tried out I new words that, on the podcast, Mike. I hope that we use it appropriately, but it's a very, um, it takes dedication to grow a beard because it gets, it's really itchy and, um, you know, you, you, you fuss with it a lot. And especially in this COVID environment, you wear a mask all the time and you're kind of just, oh, yeah. Your breath is just kind of recirculating around inside your beard. Who knows what's going on underneath here? I don't yeah, know. I usually, uh, around the holidays, around Christmas time, I stop shaving and then. You know, I don't shave again until maybe March, April-ish. Yeah. Um, By then, you have a full quarter inch of hair all over your face. It's weird. <laughs> I try to trim a little around the neck, but uh, it's not always... It's just so uncomfortable at some point that I'm just like, why am I doing this? No, why I'm doing it, though, because I hate shaving. <laughs> That's It's a time savings to grow the beard. It you, is. You really do save time. Um, I mean, even, uh, you know, I've been working from home for the last seven months or so, and uh, I shave once a week. So you're lucky you see me completely clean shaven today. Friday is usually I am lucky. I thought when I saw you in the driveway, I was like, God, I'm lucky. (laughs) I know. Look at that. Look Look at that. Look at that man's jawline. It was almost like I went to like the barber and got the straight razor and everything. But no, this is home. This is uh, Dollar Shave Club. Good for you. Razor. Good for you. Which is not a dollar, by the way. I'm not surprised that you are part of dollar shave club because you're a very sensible man right i mean i want to why would i spend so much money on razors when i can get them in the mail for a couple bucks a piece for the listeners at home i asked shane to be here between 7 30 and 8 o'clock it was what time did i get here 7 45 see very sensible very just sensible. that's that's shane in every aspect of life just a line drive except golf maybe <laughs> hey my golf not always a line drive on occasion, yeah. I've been known to, to hit one straight. Just a very sensible, practical mind. What cologne are you wearing right now? Uh, no, no cologne, Mike. No cologne. No, I've never. I'm not a cologne guy. Probably you clone, you're not a cologne guy, are you? No, I just have my own natural musk. Musk. Musk is a good word. Don't they say that somewhere in uh, Anchorman talk about musk? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the old Sex Panther. Hundred yeah. percent of the time it works every t- or no sixty percent of the time it works every time. Yeah, well, I was never much for math. No, but you are good for movie quotes, so I'm a little disappointed in that. Yeah, you. I believe once you there was a girl you dated went on a date with. Can you tell that story? Yeah, she told me that uh, that my life uh, centered around drinking and movie quotes. So, so this is probably what you're forty something. <laughs> and I, this no, was uh, well twenty five years ago. Yeah. And so, I, I think I spent the rest of my life proving her right. I think you have. <laughs> I don't think much has changed. I mean, and, no. and I don't want it to, no. to be honest with you. No, but Emily Winger is probably not listening right now. But she was right. My hat's off to her. She nailed it. She nailed it. She was right on it. She nailed it. I hope she's. Uh, hope she married a hobo. No, you don't. I don't. So what do you think? Um, maybe we should talk, you know, kind of introduce ourselves a little bit to... Uh, to our listeners, just in case, I think what might happen at some point is that you've got friends from other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. I've maybe got some friends, coworkers that you don't know. 
and maybe they they would like to hear about each of us and maybe we could even tell people that know us a little uh right. a little something about ourselves just quickly i think over as the podcast goes uh, a little farther mm-hmm. um people will uh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll peel we'll, back the, the layers on that onion for sure. Yeah, that's going to be a big onion, I think, Quite and a, big, a few onion. different topics. That we might not onion. even want to get all the way past a few layers and a few no. of those uh, few topics. You know, maybe I can start. So, yeah. um, so um, lifelong Clevelander, um, mostly, almost exclusively East Sider. And if you're from Cleveland, there's a big distinction between the East Side and the West Side. But I did venture over to the West Side for uh, a few years, but... Um, Mostly lived on the east side, you know, started in... in Where, where'd you live on the west side? Fairview Park. I always knew you to be a east sider. Yeah, so there was a, uh, a few years, I'm trying to think, after, after, after I started working after college, where I was, uh, when I was still traveling all the time, oh, I just I wanted to live by the airport. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were there maybe once or twice. Were you living over there when I got, uh, listen, I got married? Yeah, it might have been. Or when you guys at least started dating, remember right. there was the, uh, the good story of when you dropped me place. off and Melissa got pulled over on the way uh, back to her place. Oh, dear Lord, yeah. So, That's yeah, you at least, were, uh, at least dropped me off there once. Yeah. So, yeah, there was about three years and I lived on the west side. But uh, life on the east side, kept moving out from Cleveland, east side, Collinwood, to, to Euclid, to Willoughby. What do you, what do you like uh, about the east side more than the west side? Um. It's a little more, uh, you get a little more space, I feel like. It's a little more spread out, you know, you don't, it, but it's still things are a lot, are close enough that you can go from city to city. I feel like when you get to the west side, you get, you got kind of got the near west side. Yeah. And then you're just out. Like, I feel like the east side, you know, I think the east side maybe has a little bit more, west siders disagree, but I say east sider probably has a little bit more, uh, more culture. You got the, mm. you got some, some more long standing Italian restaurants that are better. Yeah. I, I'll put yeah I know exactly what I like about the east side more than the west side and it's the terrain like yeah it's a good once point. you get out the west side it's just flat all the way to Toledo I mean it's like Kansas compared to over here over here you get a little bit of some rolling hills you know some undulation it's just a little bit more picturesque out here I feel love uh, love the west side you know I got family over over uh, far west side but uh, but that's what I like about it more than anything but go on don't no, let that's me, a good don't point let me stop I mean you, you get I mean you got Amish country. You got you got everything, you know. I, I, but I was uh, I was a city boy, though. I would say. I mean, we didn't we didn't experience those type of things. Uh, I mean, the fact that I live where I live now, I can drive two minutes and see horses and cows is a little odd to me because I was a city boy. I lived in. I mean, we lived in the city of Cleveland. We lived in right on the border in Euclid. Yeah. So um, I like being close to downtown. Kind of bugs me a little farther away now, but I, you know, working on the east side, it, it all works out now. Yeah. Explain uh, being a, a, a city slicker, kind of in your uh, in your own words there. Explain your infatuation with high talent female country singers. I I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I. I think everyone who knows you knows where I'm going with this, but you're, when I met you, you were wearing a Brooks and Dunn t-shirt. You're a, you're a country boy. The story changes every time. So I, I, you know, I still like country music. I don't listen to it very much anymore, but, um, when I was in growing up, my, you know, my mom played a lot of Kenny Rogers. So I grew up on Kenny Rogers and nobody can question that. Right. God rest, you know, rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. R.I.P. Another one of 2020, uh, 
took from us. So I love country music. And then I had the opportunity. One of my good friends in high school, his parents opened up a uh, country dancing bar. Did you know this, Mike? I didn't know. And this uh, is all news to me. This I'm, and I, this I worked there for for a couple of years story. when they opened. You know, we were still in high school, so we we uh, served pop and water and iced tea and those type of things, and we cleaned the place and we uh, bust the tables and we also, you know, if you're there on a Tuesday night and it's couples dance and uh, lesson night and somebody gets stood up, some lovely old lady, <laughs> or. Uh, you're dancing with her. That's your job that night. So, uh, oh, what's the uniform at a place like that? Are you wearing like you're wearing cowboy boots, uh, uh, a 10 gallon hat, a white shirt? Uh, what there what was no, wear? uh, there was no official uniform. I mean, we had we had wild, there's called the Wild West Cafe. You don't have to wear like pearl button snap shirts or anything like that. No, that those were all, all available for sale there, though, if you wanted them. Sure. But I did have, you know, a lot of times I would just wear my Wild West Cafe t-shirt and a pair of jeans. Yeah. And um, I did own a pair of cowboy boots. I did end up with a uh, cowboy hat and a bolo tie at some point. Um, Gosh, just, just. I think you would appreciate this, Mike. And I need to find this bolo tie because I had kind of forgotten about it. <laughs> it actually has a, uh, a wolf howling at the moon. <laughs> I do. I would appreciate that. I mean, I had a wolf pack tie basically back in the day before that was even uh you are you sure you weren't like an extra from roadhouse i mean not that i remember but was patrick swayze at this bar ever did he ever I, not at the nights i was there i can't answer for every single night let me ask you this did any of those uh did anyone get a, a little too rowdy at that place did you ever have to you know lay lay down the law i mean i was uh you know wrestling about 130 pounds back then yeah. So I was not the enforcer. Big boy. Um, but now that I think about it, if there had been any fights, I don't think there would have been much <laughs> enforcers there. It would have been between two bachelorette parties that were that had just realized they're marrying the same groom days apart, probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of enforcing there. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of uh there there might have been a couple almost brawls, but uh it wasn't a big drinking crowd. It was more people were there to dance. These are serious line dancers. Yes. Line more dancing, of, couples more of dancing, like a school, than a bar. Yeah, I mean there were there was the you had a few groups of table that would have the uh, the pyramids of uh, natty lights at the end of the <laughs> end of the night stacked up. That that's that's my up. kind of that's but, my kind uh, of student. But other than that, no, nah, it was it was uh, it was pretty low key, but uh, it was fun. It was cool. Where were we going? Oh, so back to the. I loved country. I, I listened to more country music back then, and like the I like the the '90s country, '80s country more than I do the uh, the current stuff. I would say, but um, so this I'll tell the story, Mike, because you love this story. What's the, so I don't even know what stories I love. Anymore. We're in college together, and I make the mistake that I'm still paying for, obviously, walking into the cafeteria wearing a Faith Hill concert T-shirt. So Faith Hill, barely known back in 95, 96, if you could believe that. Might as well have been Crystal Gale. Crystal would, Gale was a big time in the I, 70s. Come on. I wouldn't have known the difference, but go, go on. Faith so, Hill, I think I remember Faith Hill at that time. I mean, she was... Yeah, she wasn't a big, she wasn't a, a big huge star, but she was getting her, uh, her name out there, if you will. Sure. I'm basically I'm selling t-shirts to... 19 year old kids so i went to the i went to the brooks and dunn concert with uh, probably some high school friends maybe my high school girlfriend 
and um, she opened. She was one of the opening acts. So, and I knew who she was, and I liked her music. So I bought a T-shirt and said, you know, Blossom Cuyahoga Falls on it. I thought that was cool at the time. Apparently, and it was when you walk into the cafeteria wearing that, you sit down with your buddies. It's not that cool anymore. So that was 25 years ago, and I'm still ridiculed for it on a regular, regular basis. It usually turns into, Shane, remember when you were wearing that Shania Twain t-shirt? And I'm like, if you're going to tell the story, at least get it right. <laughs> at least get it right. Oh, Shane, you are, yeah, there's never been a doubt in my mind that you are absolutely 100% true to yourself, Shane Magnoni. You've never never worried one minute what other people think about you. That's, that's what I like about you. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to wear... And that's kept you a butt of so many jokes. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm not Your even sure. It's, I'm not even sure it's 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 been well for you know worked yeah. out well for me or not. But why why do I? <laughs> it has worked out well for for me. I mean, we're, I'm potentially making a living off. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all still friends, so I guess it it wasn't that bad. Oh, what do you? What role do you? <laughs> speaking of being ridiculed, uh, for as long as I've known you by me and and many others what's what role does bullying play in a in a child's development man or a woman i think it 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 depends like i think when you know when you're in college and your buddies are just you know busting your balls about things it's do you think kids know the difference now i think some do yeah i I mean it's talked when we were kids it wasn't talked about you just made fun of the fat kid I mean, everybody did, right? I mean, I feel I feel horrible about it now. I see I see a guy on Facebook, and I'm like, I made fun of that guy for being fat when he was in fourth grade. Like, yeah. it wasn't his fault. No. Um. You know, unfortunately, I mean, I think the fact that it's talked about now has to help. I mean, it wasn't talked about when we were when we were kids, right? No, it wasn't. It was just part of growing up. That's kind of the, that's really yeah. It was like oh, just it'll just make him tougher, but I don't think it always did. Yeah, I just I I find myself telling my kids, you know, that that, that it is kind of a, a fact of life, and I don't think, you know, I wouldn't call necessarily what we. Anytime I open myself up to ridicule, then certainly every single one of my friends would take advantage of it <laughs> immediately, <laughs> and put me back in my place, and it was it was humbling, and it was all in good fun, and I don't think for one minute that any any one of my friends would lay down on railroad tracks for me in a heartbeat. Um, it, I think it's more about. You know, just I, I warn my kids that, you know, that unfortunately, it's just it's, it is going to happen. It's part of life. It's going to happen in the workplace and it's going to happen in college. It's going to happen probably for the rest of your life. People are going to try and take advantage of you emotionally and then you name it. I hope you know that it was all in good fun, but I hope our kids don't, uh, you know, don't. It's not all it's not all roses, right? I mean, it's not right. Well, you don't want your kid to like, you know, one kid says something kind of mean to him and they, they curl up in a ball and cry. Like, oh, geez, you got to teach them how to kind of dish it back, too, right? You right. Get back. And I don't know. I, I worry that we're conditioning our kids to run for help at the first sign of that rather than deal with issues themselves. And that's a, that's really kind of awesome. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's definitely a, a fine line, right? I mean, I mean, I make I make fun of my kids all the time. I don't know if that, I don't know if that helps or hurts. I think that not in a mean way, obviously, but I, you know, I kind of bust their chops about stuff on a daily basis. And as they get older, they, they dish it back a little bit, which is, which is pretty humorous. And they crack themselves up when they, you know, make fun of the old man. I think it is about teaching your kids humility and that they're not perfect and that, you know, their, their, their poop does stink. Right. Like, right. You know, I think they need to know that before they go out and kind of the real world. Anyway. Go on. You were just telling us how your poop stinks. 
yeah, I, I don't think I was. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're I, so the yeah the Faith Hill thing. Yeah, I wore a Faith Hill T-shirt. I mean, Mike loves the story. Tells it to anybody. I, he introduces me to you know a, a buddy and I've never met before. Hey, tell him about time you you know you, this guy wore a Faith Hill T-shirt in college one time. <laughs> Apparently hilarious still. So uh, maybe we'll wrap up about me and then we can make fun of Mike for a few minutes. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe get into the fact that after college you became an accountant, found the love of your life, you're married, have two beautiful kids, right? Well, I think you just summed it up. Yeah. Or we're gonna end on the Faith Hill T-shirt and Mike. No, hair. let's let's not end on the Faith Hill T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, graduated high school, graduated college, went uh, married, love of my life. Uh, we met we met in college, uh, both CPAs, as you will. Because you're yeah, you're John Carroll grads. Right? Yeah, we're John Carroll grads. We're gonna talk about that too. And um, yeah, two beautiful kids, a uh, boy and a girl. They're both in middle school right now. So uh, yeah, my, my days are pretty busy working. I did some public accounting. I worked for a, for a company for the last 14 years or so. So we're, uh, yeah, everything's going good. I, you know, a lot of people have it a lot worse than me. So I'm uh, really appreciative of uh, what I have going on in my life. And, uh, you know, don't take it for granted. And, you know, I appreciate good friends like Mike and, getting to spend this time with him you've been with the same company for a long time yeah i've been with uh 14 years now yeah yeah, yeah and then i was at uh, public county before that for about seven and a half loyalty it's another shaving known a cornerstone is mcnona italian for anything it it's, might be a loyalty <laughs> i know it's it has something to do with a city does it really yeah or an area might look into that in the old ancestry or something like that yeah Throw it in the Google machine. Google machine. I think it's something to do with with uh, with a location. I believe. Consult the Oracle. Maybe find find out. You played some sports, though. I mean, you're a baseball player. You're played a little bit of football. Played. You wrestled. You tried out for the Cleveland Indians. Almost made it. Almost did not make it. <laughs> yeah. No. I, tell, I, grew up, I tell people you almost made it. That's fine. I would love to think I did. But you 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 were on the field like Teddy Ruxpin said, not one of those gray souls that never experienced victory or defeat. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I grew up playing baseball, t-ball, all the way through high school. Played softball, you know, as best I could after that, and you know, beer leagues and whatnot. But uh, yeah, played football from fourth through tenth grade. Then uh, I was a little small. And our team stunk, so I said, let's concentrate on wrestling. So I started wrestling when I was probably six years old. No kidding. And you started then, uh, that young. started really young. Um, I saw a flyer on the wall. I don't know if it was at school or it might have been at the Y or something for um, it was called the Euclid JCs, which was some sort of organization. And they, it was uh, it was at Euclid, the, the middle school there. And it was like one day a week when you know, you'd show up and... They show you some moves, and then by the end of the year, they had a little uh, thing where you got to wrestle a few matches. It was kind of it was pretty cool, like just ease you into it. Yeah. But when I saw the flyer, <laughs> I thought I was WWF. <laughs> I thought I was going to be jumping off turnbuckles, and uh, you know, George the Animal Steel was going to come out. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't wrestle. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> like, I had no idea. I had, I had never seen an actual right. amateur folk style wrestling match before. I. Uh, yeah, not at I six sh- years old. Vision Quest wasn't even out yet. And yeah, I don't think it was. <laughs> I show up. I show up, and you know, I stunk. I was horrible. 
So after that first year or two, we did that it was just, you know, once a week kind of thing. And then I uh, joined the YMCA and started going to some tournaments and getting, you know, I drive an hour and get pinned twice and, and drive home. Yeah. And I want, you know, my dad's like, you sure you want to do this next week? Yeah, yeah, I want to go. I love it. So I kept doing it. It took me through uh, through high school and all the way to college where I met uh, I met this Yahoo. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But uh, you grew, you became a fine a fine wrestler. One thing I will say you you don't. If I were to find you on the street, I wouldn't say that's Shane Mignona. He's um, he's clearly wrestled, right? So my. I have clean ears. My ears are nice. You don't have, you do not have cauliflower. Your nose is straight. I never was overly muscular or athletic looking. What would you, what would you classify your athletic build as? Average athletic build. I think you, I think you look like a, like a Pete Sampras. Yeah, that's probably, you look, yeah, that's a a good, (laughs) you have a tennis player's build. I mean, you're not six, five and you're not, you're not married to Veronica Vaughn. (laughs) Yeah, Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, but you made you squeezed every ounce of potential out of out of your body. I think to become the wrestler. That I mean, I, I knew I didn't have you know. Obviously, I, I worked hard and and tried to get conditioned and lift weights. But I, I knew my my advantage was going to be if I could be a a good you know match technician, if you will, and if I could technique, if I could yeah. manage my match, and I was going to out technique people. There's plenty of dudes that were jacked and flexing before the match that you know i was able to beat because obviously it's not all about that so uh i used uh used that to my advantage that's for sure 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 so the the farthest i made it was uh college wrestling four years of college wrestling john carroll university we'll we'll be talking more about that i'm sure as we go here Amen. So mike why don't we why don't we talk about you where'd you uh where'd you matriculate from where uh where'd you grow up uh all those type of uh important things that People just, they want to know. Yeah, so uh, born in upstate New York, moved to Ohio when I was five years old. Um, family is from uh, western Pennsylvania, so Pittsburgh, which is, as we get into sports allegiances and everything else, we'll kind of flesh that all out. But Ohio, uh, went to uh, went to grade school, small school called Lima, Ohio. Played soccer, wrestled very late, much later than you. I didn't start wrestling until sixth grade. Uh, soccer was my thing. I really, really played a lot of soccer. Played t-ball, played a little bit of baseball. Uh, wasn't real great at it, but I really enjoyed soccer. And I, I venture to say that if our high school had had soccer... So your high school didn't have a soccer team? Our high school did not have soccer. Our wow. high school had football, basketball wrestling and uh, baseball amongst other things. But I mean, who plays those sports, <laughs> but did not have, did not have soccer. So gotcha. the, um, some of the other schools did, and I considered, you know, uh, transferring with a few of my buddies. We played, we played uh, club soccer, not to the level that kids play soccer these days. Have you like, do you know what like kids are doing? I these hear days? about, it seems that they're playing all the time year round and they're driving ridiculous places to play tournaments every weekend. I mean, we would we were decent. At, at, you know, we were a good a good soccer team by the by the end of it. But in fact, the, the last season we played, we were unscored upon, undefeated. But I think we were maybe big fish in a small pond. Like I I don't I don't really under, understand. And you know, we would we had a lot of fun playing. I venture to say though, if my high school had soccer, we, we would not have played football, and that football team probably would have dissolved. We had like thirty six kids on the football team. Uh, we, That's a pretty big team for your division, right? Well, I graduated with eighty kids in my high school class. Eighty four kids, I think it was. 
Yeah, so, so that's only 40 boys. It's a small school. So, yeah. um, And if 11 of us had played soccer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that wouldn't have been good for the football team. Right, and we can't all kick field goals. <laughs> like the one kid from the soccer team does. Every oh, but year. you can <laughs> kick field goals. And that's we're true. We're going to talk about pump pass and kick I competitions yeah. later. Yeah, amongst amongst other things. But the um, So I ended up matriculating from soccer um, into wrestling first, actually. Wrestling in sixth grade and then eventually football in eighth grade. And I never played a snap of live football until eighth grade. And, you know, amongst this other less important things like school and education. But yeah, but let's you just were, leave You were that, not concerned about those. Leave that where it is. And that never really well, At one point, were you concerned about the ladies? At an early age. An early <laughs> I'm not age. surprised. In fourth grade, Amy Eisert and I started something really special. Wow. Um, I mean, you still know her name, so it must have been special. I do. Amy Eisert Azarello, which I wish she would have hyphenated it, but she didn't. She chose to take the name of her, of her suitor, uh, Tony Azarello. Anyway, she made a big mistake and married him. Long story short, Amy and I started dating in fourth grade. We dated for the next four years up through eighth grade. <laughs> I slow danced fourth with through her. Fourth through eighth grade? Fourth through eighth grade. I slow danced with her probably twice. Kissed her on the cheek once. We passed several notes expressing our love for each other. She made me several um, braided wristbands. Wow. that That's when you know it's something special. That... Yeah, that that really uh, are those like boondial keychains. That's when it started off. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 when my uh, my interest in the ladies, um, as you said, it really really started. And really, one lady in particular was Amy Eiser. Wow. But we went our separate ways, and that uh, just wasn't meant to be. But anyway, went to uh, growing up in in Lima. Went on to a small school, Catholic school. Wrestled, made great. Great friends that, you know, are still a part of my life today and then played football there too and really had a lot of fun doing it. I, I like you, I think was, I, I was an above average athlete, um, but not, not, uh, not great. Like I, I did some things really well, good hands, good feet, but I was so slow. Like I, they used a calendar to time my 40, I think, my senior year. I ran and... The coach would lie for me and say, like, hey, good, you know, good job, Stahl. You're in a, a four eight. I mean, um, the, part of the reason I stopped playing football in tenth grade was um, they wanted me to play cornerback. Mind you, I'm five four, five five, and 125, 30 pounds. Yeah. And or did these you wanna, dudes would. Did just, you want to play center? No, I wanted to play. <laughs> I wanted to play outside linebacker. That's generally where we put you guys. You know. <laughs> But they want me to play cornerback, and I'm like, Coach, I, I can't keep up with these guys. I'm just slow. I'm not that fast. I, I, I'll sprint all day, but yeah. I, it's not going to be fast. Yeah, I, I went through a similar experience in junior high and then early on in high school where I was average to below average size, and they, they, would, they put me at cornerback, and I would, I would get burned <laughs> routinely. But then they, uh, you know, I kind of figured it out, and I, you know, I just have, I was a tough nosed kid. But not a real, uh, real fast kid. But I played, uh, ended up playing like linebacker and halfback. I was never like the feature back, but you know, I play play a little bit of. They give me the ball every now and then to get four yards on second down or whatever. That you know, that was really the the cornerstone of my athletic experience was wrestling and football all through high school, and then took me to uh, John Carroll University, where I'd love to say I selected it because it's a great business school in Northeast Ohio and. 
the Jesuit tradition, and I probably was drawn to that a little bit, just growing up in the Catholic school system and everything else, and being um, raised Catholic, and um, it, it certainly is probably still a big part of my life. Uh, but I chose it largely because I was recruited to wrestle there and met a, met a great group of friends there and um, ended up meeting my, uh, my wife that I'm still married to today there. Well, you had Although some uh, long high school teammates road. that were there too, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the Kessens, help. right. The, uh, the Kesson, um, Jason Kesson took me up there on our recruiting visit and I was probably destined to go to Ohio Northern or something close to Lima um, and wrestle there, but instead... Um, you know, it's tough. It's a tough school not to kind of fall in love with when you get up there and kind of meet the people and yeah, and so that. many good people, such a you know beautiful campus. Yeah, not to everything's mention close. The coach, I mean Volkman, and yeah, there's some the history there, tradition there, and um, I didn't meet a single other recruit that day. I met didn't meet you guys until orientation. Yeah, um, I, I had the same experience. My my recruiting trip. <clears throat> was um the fraternity that we ended up joining that most of the wrestlers were in was like their big dance night so i i hung out with another wrestler that wasn't in the fraternity and a baseball player and his like cousin and we went out <laughs> we had dinner like in their like apartment and then we went to like they tried to take me out line to, dancing like, <laughs> not line <laughs> dancing but it's some like you know 18 and over club if it yeah. was, whatever it was, I met the you know the GA in the morning, and I never even I never even talked to the head coach. So, so you were at least a uh, state placer, right? Yeah, I, I, did, I, I yeah. never even made it to state, so they I didn't even get to talk to the head coach. I got to talk to the grad assistant, and they were like, "Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna come here, you can. You know, I mean, you could come in the room yeah, and I mean, try to not, wrestle. We're not gonna stop you from showing up. Okay. I mean, we'll take your." Whatever it was, we're not fifteen screening. grand a year at the time. We're not screening people at the door. Yeah, and th that was that. You know, speaking of the price of the school and everything else, and yeah, it was at the time it was still very expensive. And I don't know, you know, now it's it's so much more expensive. And I don't know what the future holds for institutions like that and higher education in general. Now that you know, under the COVID regime and what that, you know, the implications in the future. But I ended up going to John Carroll Russell, going <laughs> going there to. I was going to study law, I think. Um, I ended up studying next to nothing. And I... It's not uh, what the ladies would say. <laughs> yeah, well, I dabbled in some gynecology, I guess. But the... <laughs> well, now your mom just hung up. <laughs> it was a hobby. It was just a hobby. I mean, I, I don't ever remember taking any like structured classes about it. Just no, it was just all hands-on experience. It was exploratory. <laughs> I ended up in the ROTC. I mean, I you know, <laughs> my parents got my progress report from my freshman year. Yeah, your mom called me. Yeah, I recall. Right, I remember the voicemail distinctly. My mom called. I didn't answer the phone. I probably wasn't home. I was probably missing. This is pre-cell phones for all you uh, younger kids. Yeah. This is no cell phones. Here. I was probably legally missing. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Anybody seen Mike? It's been about three days. No, I think he's got a test. <laughs> but uh, my mom called and said, "Mike, Michael, um, it's your mother. I just got your progress report from this last semester. That wasn't very good. And there's a warrant out for your arrest. Give us a call when you get a chance." Normal stuff. Normal pretty, hijinks. Pretty standard, really. Anywho, 
Ended up straightening it out, got back on the tracks, got my grades up, applied for a scholarship at ROTC because who would really invest in what I was doing in that school at that time? <laughs> so ended up graduating from the ROTC program and commissioning as a lieutenant in the um, what, what was your degree in? Philosophy. Philosophy. With a political science minor. Wow. Yeah. I forgot about the minor. Everyone forgets about the minor. Really, I... I I would have to check my transcript to see if it's technically actually you did it. <laughs> Is this what you tell people? You know, nobody's going to check it anymore. So you're like, oh yeah, I got Spanish. Uh, I can tell you. Russian what, literature, minor everything. It definitely was not computer science. <laughs> Finished John Carroll and joined the Army. And for the last 21 years and some change, was an Army helicopter pilot. Throughout that experience, you know, I had long and winding road. I have a, a daughter who's attending school at Cincinnati right now. And three boys, 12, 9, and and six that are all uh, going to school here and making their way through through life and a, a beautiful wife who's a registered nurse. Can't really figure out, but seems to think I'm a pretty good guy. I think you're a pretty good guy. I think she <clears throat> I think she figured it out. So that seems uh seems like everything worked out pretty pretty darn well, huh? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, I would I would I, I think so. Defining characteristics of my life I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand it until I had gone. I traveled overseas and I went to uh, Azerbaijan and Georgia. And like we were talking about, like you have somehow shaken all of the effects of being a wrestler. You don't, you know, but I wear several of the scars. <laughs> my ears. No, your nose is perfectly straight. Uh, my your ears are funny. I can't, my nose is crooked. I can't breathe out of the side of my nose. <laughs> And um, I've got, you know, fingers that look, you know, deranged, uh, bad knees. Wait, maybe it's because you were better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but I was definitely tossed in a different, in a, in a different, uh, um, uh, I, was, I was churned by the sport of wrestling in a way that, that you managed to avoid. But I, I went to Azerbaijan in uh, Georgia, in the South Caucasus, and, uh, and everybody that I was there with, you know, were Air Force jet pilots or you know marines or whatever and some of them are rough and tumble folks but um guys would come up to me wrestling is a very popular sport there and everything sure. else and they would do the international transcends all of the different uh languages and they would come up and they would just like oh, hey you wrestle <laughs> simulate the collar time like yeah like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah how'd you guess my messed up face is it my you know yeah i'm ugly yeah i wrestled yeah you got it you nailed it, um, but it's a it's a it's something that just kind of follows you throughout the rest of your life. And thankful for that, thankful for that experience, thankful for having wrestled. And that's the only that's the most important question you ever have to have to answer in your life. No one asks you, did you did you place at state? Did you win? Were you a state champ? Were you an all American? Were you this or that? No one and no one frankly cares. The only the the only question people ask you is, did you wrestle? Thing well, that only, the only thing that another is, another wrestler yes. will ask you is if you wrestled. Yeah. Other people might ask you like how you did, but another wrestler is that you wrestled. All right, they they know yeah. it doesn't matter how good you were. Yeah. They know you 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 went through those seasons and in those you know everything you learned being a wrestler in the wrestling room and coming back and you know just just the the toughness you have to have and the you know the the fight inside you to 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 get through the sport and to get through a, a day sometimes was tough. I mean, let alone a whole season and yeah, you're not going to come through hundred percent. You're going to be banged up and just to get through a practice. A lot of times is the, the mental, well, the mental aspects of it is what, what really carries on and what, what we have, you know, to, to learn what we've taken from that sport 
to this day, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's just a unique character trait that every wrestler shares and probably the the you know why our show's namesake has a a tip of the hat towards it is you know cutting waves you know it's just that ironclad link of mutual endeavor that follows follows us around everywhere we go and um man, i'm thankful for that really it's 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 ingrained in me and will always be and i'm really thankful that you know, the boys here, you know, it's heart, heartbreaking that they may not have the chance to wrestle this season, but they have an interest in it. You know, we'll, we'll see where it takes them, but they they will have, be able to say, you know, some point later in their life that, that, that they wrestle. Yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, when you're growing up and you're in college, high school, college, you think, man, I can't wait till my kids grow up and wrestle. And I always tell people, you know, I coached high school wrestling and, and high school kids would say that. And I'm like, man, you never know what your kid's going to grow up to be like and if they're going to want to wrestle. So I, you know, my son's 14 now and I tried to get him to wrestle when he was, I don't know, six or seven and he wasn't the, the toughest kid and wasn't really keen on touching other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some of the things that come along, being in a hot, sweaty room and whatnot. So I, I didn't push him and, you know, now he, he runs, he acts and plays and plays instruments and stuff I knew right, nothing right, about. Right. So like, it's, you know... Yeah, but I sure I'd love to go watch him wrestle, but um, you never. I always tell people like, you never, you know, especially when younger younger guys say that like, oh, my kid's gonna wrestle. I'm like, you don't know what your kid's gonna do, man. It's one and sport it, that you just can't force a kid to do. No, and, and we all know kids that were forced to do it, and absolutely. they ended up hating it. Right? They right. ended up quitting. Right, absolutely, and you, that so many parents march kids out on the mat with their ego attached to them and all the, you know, their pride on, on that kid's shoulders. And you can see it with every win and and loss and and everything else. And, you know, I've I've had the opportunity to coach as well. And you can, you can just tell. And, and uh, I've had conversations with a few of the parents where, Hey, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about her. And that, that's really the cool thing now lately too, is fastest growing sport around the world is, 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 uh, women's wrestling. And I, I don't even like to say that it's just wrestling and that, and yeah. that women and, and girls are participating in it more and more fully and just the same manner as boys. I don't even like to call it women's wrestling. It's such a, I mean, I think it's such an awesome sport for girls and women. I mean, I went to the, and the, my first real introduction to it was we went to the, um, 2015 world championships for wrestling. We're in Las Vegas. Um, First time it's been in the U.S. in a long time. Yeah. The last time it's been there. You know, we, we went to basically see the, the freestyle guys. But the, the first day we were there, there was only one way to freestyle men. And it, it was basically the women's championships for the, the couple, you know, the really good Americans that were still in it in the finals. And, I mean, watching them was awesome. I mean, I watched basically a whole a whole day of high, high-level women's wrestling. And it's and it's, it's different than men's because they're, you know, obviously their, their strengths are a little different. But their their flexibility is amazing. Their quickness is is awesome. I mean, yep. it, it was awesome to watch. And there was there's actually a lot of this was you know five years ago and it's grown exponentially since then. But there was a lot of women there to watch that were you know right. wrestlers and coaches and stuff too, which is really cool. Just talking to them and and uh, getting to learn you know more about the women's sport, which uh, like I said is a little different, but it's you know it's basically the same rules. Um, so that was really cool to see. And then just seeing like just teams are added all the time, high school, yeah. colleges are adding teams all the time. It's funny. I t- my daughter does uh, competitive cheerleading and they have pretty hard practices and they do conditioning. And I said, 
you know what? If your girls don't want to do this cheer anymore, I started a wrestling team with you. I think you'd be pretty good. Oh, like work, you got flexibility, yeah. you got uh, strength, you got hard power, work, core, strength. Yeah, yeah you guys could do this. And of course, they're like, now nah, we want to wear our skirts and uh, flip up, do uh, backflips all the time. I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe next year. Yeah, it's really good to see that sport growing, and uh, and I hope it comes back. I think it will come back, and I think the um, it's a bit odd to me what what we're doing athletics wise. What we're choosing to do athletics-wise and what we're not going to do, right? Like, we're not going to wrestle, but we'll play football. Going to play soccer. Oh, with the current COVID environment? Yeah, you know, wrestling has always been, you know, touched and affected by viruses, whether it be dermatological or, or what have you. And we've always disinfected for that we've always protected against it you know just happens to be a sport that occurs in a a warm tightly packed room (laughs) that a lot of close right you can't do it without very very uh close contact but i hope it comes back i hope it you know i hope it continues to grow and um yeah i mean it's definitely a shame that you know where everything got cut off last year was mostly before like state tournaments and high school and college you know ncaa championships and and uh and things like that so yeah hopefully for those kids that missed out last year on the you know their end of the season heartbreaking yeah i mean can you imagine putting in all that work and you're basically wrestling all year to for that one that one tournament at the end of the year and and to not be able to do that yeah it was just do you think there's horrible there's probably 40 percent, 30 percent of those kids are just like i'm going to taco bell like oh right, for sure so right now <laughs> you know we, we've talked to the, the current head coach at john carroll where we wrestled in college and uh i mean he said that he you know when he had they were actually in iowa like right. the day before the tournament was supposed to start when it got canceled he said they all they all took it pretty well at the time and i'm thinking because most of them probably yeah, just wanted right. to go 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 chow down and they were and i think i think all of them had another year of eligibility left which probably helped a lot if it was your senior year and that was your only time at ncaa's right that would have been worse too, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I think there's there's probably a, a decent percentage were like, I'm going to Ponderosa or or whatever, <laughs> whatever there is now, whatever buffet. Going to the Sunday bar. Yeah, but if there's a sport that teaches you kind of what it's like to be knocked off off your feet by you know the unforeseen or unknown, then it's probably wrestling. Wrestlers are probably prepared to deal with that a little bit more than than any other sport, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, Mike, we've uh, we've given our our backgrounds and and whatnot. <clears throat> maybe uh, a few minutes here, we'll wrap up. Maybe we, maybe just touch on base how we, how we met, how we meet the first time, and how it was from uh, well, what I remember and what you remember. Maybe they're a little different. I don't know. But it was the uh, it was freshman orientation at John Carroll. We we had n- never met, didn't know who each other were before, and you know, by luck, just happened to be there's various days for orientation. We happened to be at the uh, the same couple days. And, uh, you know, I, I think we had talked the first day or just, you know, said hi or whatever and didn't, didn't know we were even wrestling or whatever. And I remember the, the second day I heard you talking to somebody else. I think it was Greg Lons. Maybe you, you had maybe known him before yeah. from uh, great, great wrestler from uh, Norwalk, St. Paul from, uh, yeah, from high school, from your, your little division three guys. <laughs> I heard you guys talk about wrestling and I'm like, Hey, you guys wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was, I was talking to Mike and then it was. At some never, point, never wrestled a second at John Carroll, right? Did Greg? 
Greg wrestled maybe a couple of years, but yeah, he was on a team for a little while. Yeah, he yeah. was he was my weight, so we we would uh, just kind of you know. But he, he never started it, or I don't know if he wrestled too many matches. But he was he was on a team for a couple of years at least. You really gotta have a that's that's one unique thing about the guys at John Carroll. You really gotta have something to prove, right? Yeah, like I was I was came from high school. I missed ride. I missed out going to state. Like yeah. this was my hey, I, this is my chance to be you know do something at least have something to say. I. Yeah. I won the conference, or I went to nationals, or I you know, right. Right. was hoping to be an All-American. So, yeah, I heard you guys talking there at, at orientation, and it was time to, you know, they were like, yeah, if you, you know, put in your, you know, where you want to live, and if you have a roommate choice, and I'm like, yeah, and I literally just five minutes before probably heard Mike talking about wrestling, and I'm like, you're wrestling, do you have a roommate? And you're like, no, I'm like, we want to live together, at least, I mean, I know we don't know each other, but at least we'll both be wrestlers and doing the same stuff, and you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mind you, <laughs> this is Mike Stahl, 1995, right. with uh, frosted tips, I believe. No, full blonde hair. Full blonde hair? I, I, full blonde I, hair. Maybe I maybe you were shaved closely on the side, so it was... Right, uh, I had, the crew, I had the, the, the crew cut, which, along with the blonde hair... Yeah. I started that. You started the blonde hair or the frosted forget tips? Forget Slim Shady, forget... Two two major hairstyling trends that I started. Two. Or one. We'll both, I'm one. hoping they're both talking about hair in your head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I might have started manscaping too. <laughs> but one, the crew cut. I had the normal, same floppy 80s hair that everyone else had. I was going to say that. You didn't start the crew cut. But I went to the barbershop. And my dad said, "Let you know, let's give you a, you want a haircut?" And I said, "Yeah, I want it. I want it really short on the sides and a flat top. I wanted a flat top." The next year, Stand by Me comes out, and that 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 hairstyle blows up. Fast forward ten years, fifteen to college, I dye my hair blonde. I frosted tips, from what I remember, but go ahead. It was blonde. <laughs> I, swear was, I dyed my hair blonde and then next thing you know Slim Shady's blowing up I started both of those hairstyle trends so you were the real Slim Shady I was the real Slim Shady did you stand up I at least I at least had that haircut alright so Mike's got blonde hair yes Beastie Boys t-shirt Beastie Boys and I mean, uh, a ringer ringer sleeve I still remember that shirt yeah the ring, blue with the sleeves ringer on sleeves a basketball of some sort bought, bought that shirt in a store on North High Street in Columbus, Ohio maybe a couple weekends before we even went to went to the orientation <laughs> I would like to have that t-shirt that's a cool t-shirt it's a fantastic t-shirt and it was uh, a ringer tee and what kind of shoe you had some skateboard shoes on or something yeah, probably Vans or Vans, something like that yeah, yeah. probably and I remember corduroy, corduroy shorts. Corduroy. I didn't even know they made corduroy shorts till I met you. They did, they did, but they uh, outlawed them because they were uh, they would start a fire. So <laughs> you're skateboarding and you're trying to push off and all that friction. No, I never skate. I was not a skater, <laughs> but I liked the look and I cultivated that look. Into yeah, you were style. I was probably. I don't even know. I was probably wearing gym shorts and a wrestling t-shirt or something from some tournament. Yeah, if I had to go back and accurately depict it, it was probably Shania Twain shirt and. Right, see, this is going to be a continuing theme in this podcast, stone, isn't it? Stonewashed jeans <laughs> that were peg-legged. 
That might that might be true. Who knows? <laughs> and you were probably we call the French cuff Eastland where I came from. Eastland shoes, right? <laughs> the leather, those brown leather shoes. That yeah, that could have been up it. to your ankle. So that was it. That's how. That's that's what I recall the first time we met. I don't know. Do you remember anything different? Yeah, same same thing. Um, I remember us. Wa- I can remember it even a, a little bit more vividly than that. I remember we were walking around the quad outside, and uh, Jim Ayers was part of the same the same group. But Jim had already committed to living with uh, with Steinmetz, and I, you know, had never had never met any of you guys. Yeah, we started up a conversation. It turned out there were several wrestlers in the group. I didn't I didn't have a roommate, and and just like that, it was uh, we just we. <laughs> We drew the short stick in terms of yes. dorm, dorm room. Dorm room was not. We probably got. We probably got the shittiest room in all of John Carroll. Would you? Would you say that? It had to be close. I mean, I can't imagine one worse it, than the one we got. Other than at least it was on the first floor. It was on the first floor. The heat was on all the time. Yeah, was it? I mean, it was good for cutting weight. <laughs> cutting weight. <laughs> cutting weight. That's the name of the show. It, but the heat was on constantly. The room, I think, previously was a was a custodial closet. Yeah, it had to be. It had to be. It shared a wall with the bathroom. It was right next to the bathroom, though, which is yeah, it was nice, good like, in some ways, I guess. But you could also hear everyone doing their doing their business, dumps, and you know whatever else a college kid does in there. But yeah, Burnett, Burnett, man, memories. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember the room number one something. No, I don't remember. The, it was <laughs> I think it was a half. It was like one alpha. One alpha. It was not even a room. It and was that was like, the that was the second to last year for that uh that dorm before it got redone and whatnot. So uh yeah, that's how we met. That's how we became roommates, you know, teammates, the whole nine yards. So uh, I think we've been talking long enough, Mike. Maybe this is uh a good time to wrap up the uh the first podcast. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think you know, next week or whenever we do this again, we'll we'll really dive into some some deep stuff, but I think uh, I think this gives it everyone a, a good introduction into. Yeah, maybe I think we got we got some uh, some good stories. We'll get uh, we'll dig into some topics and we'll have some uh, some funny stuff and maybe maybe we'll get a little serious and we'll see what happens. So um, we you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They're all at Cutting Weight, C U T T I N G W A I T. So at Cutting Weight on Twitter and Instagram, Cutting Weight on Facebook. Yeah, go follow us there. Like our pages. Uh, we'll post pictures. You know, follow us. Ask us questions. Um, things you want us to talk about. Maybe we'll uh, at some point when we actually have some uh, some listeners and followers, we can uh, we'll do that. We'll we'll have guests maybe occasionally when we get into this. We'll have uh, some specific stories we want to tell that uh, we'll bring in the actual participants. Absolutely. If if none of that happens, we'll drift off into anonymity like so many other podcasters have we're still gonna tell our wives we're doing this so we have a couple beers every <laughs> two, week right two, two guys who believe what they have to say is so funny and important but then find out kind of <laughs> kind of quietly that maybe it's not and then we'll just put coins on our eyes and drift off into the river of sticks i think it's a good note all right thanks for joining us bye everybody bye